This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful Wrestling Podcast, January 11th edition. I'm joined by the Fightful.com owner, Jimmy Van. Only the second time you've appeared with us, Jimmy. It's because I get overwhelmed in your presence. That's what it is. When I when I think about the fact that I'm on the air with Sean Ross Sapp, the way you do your intros, and you know how you like to do those nice little pauses in your mid-sentence? I get, yeah. I get overwhelmed by it sometimes, and I, I'm in my 40s now. My heart can only take so much, so I'm going to try to get it down to once a week. My New Year's resolution was to be more suspenseful. <laughs> I love how you do You know what you need when you do that? You need the, you know, the violin music in the soap operas? Yeah. And the guys looking off in the distance, and then they hit the violin music. You need that violin music when you do those pauses. I'd use Google effects if it didn't suck so much and mess me up all the time, uh, but it does, but it does. I think Joe, Joe wants to get into that now too. I think the Google effects, he was saying something with Elias yesterday. Well, and, and they, the Google effects is going away. Oh, really? Not, yeah. Oh, okay. I guess it's not popular enough. I, or it breaks the damn thing. I there was one show we did where I had to go to my secondary profile. Then when the secondary profile failed, I had to finish the show on the phone. That was right, I remember. I remember. That was yeah. Miserable. Yeah. Well, I mean, so long as you can do without having a pirate hat on your head, then uh, we'll get by. That's tough when I do those shows with Matt Riddle <laughs> to not put a pirate hat on. Did you see who AIW booked against Lewis Linden, the guy who Matt had talked about? I'm never hearing about it. They booked Paul Burchill against him. Okay. Okay. And I can't wait to bring that up to Matt tomorrow. We got a lot to talk about with Matt tomorrow. Uh, marijuana in, in Nevada. Yeah. Pirates being booked. I'm going to be at Evolve. I got my ticket today. That's good. Going there all by my lonesome. Uh, Jason Kincaid is wrestling there as well. You know, there's a chance. I know it's like chance that I might get a box at Mania. Yeah. And between you, me, and, you know, the three people listening to the show right now, I actually hit up Matt Riddle, and I told him, I know you're probably wrestling a Mania, a Mania weekend in, uh, in Orlando. If I get this box, do you want to come? The first question that he asked, and I'm putting you over when I tell you this, the first question that he asked is, who's going to be there? And I said, if, What is it? The first question he asked was, who's going to be there? Like, who all is going to be in the yeah. box? And I told him, if I do it, because there's an outside chance, but if I do it, I'm going to bring Sean in. And Matt's like, I'll be there. Nice. That's what he nice. said. Since you're going to bail on him in San Antonio, he figured, I'll see you I'm in not. Orlando. I'm going to watch him in San Antonio. <laughs> you better. Cause I, I told you, I will pay for the beer. You just have to, you just have to arrange I can, aff- I can afford a beer. Now, hopefully I can get a hold of him the night before. Uh, it, now, a lot of that depends on Kentucky weather. Like, will my flight get delayed? I, I'm very concerned about that. That uh, uh about that. That's why I flew in on, uh, I'm flying in Friday instead of early Saturday because I don't want to get caught up or anything like that in any inclement weather. But 
Yeah, I'm going to be at Evolve by, all by myself. I'm going to go see my friends Corey and Nick there, and of course, Matt and Jason. If you guys didn't read Jason's first article, uh, I highly encourage you to do that. His gimmick, you would not know that he is so eloquent by looking at him, but uh, mm-hmm. it's under our exclusive rec- wrestling section. Uh, it's called Wrestling in the Streets of Mexico for $42.26. This man... He's going places. It was well-written. How much editing did you have to do on that? How about zero? An editor's note. An editor's note is all I had to do. Very well-written. I was like, damn. Yeah, that's great. That was – we've got tons of features up on Fightful.com, you guys, from podcasts to uh, stuff I've written about The Miz, Roman Reigns, The Most Ridiculous with Anna Bauer, featuring her new set. What did you think of her new set? I thought it was awesome. I think her dad, even though I don't know this man, he's a tremendous human being. I actually, right now, I don't know if you can tell on the podcast, I might have bags under my eyes. I've been up since about 3.30 in the morning because my daughter had a, a nightmare. She was afraid of the wind or something, and she would only sleep on me. And so I spent about six hours with a 30-pound little human being basically laying on my chest. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not at my best today. So when Anna told me that her dad was that guy, I thought, that's awesome. I respect it. She told me that he practiced his line several times. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, you can tell, you, you can tell, I mean, Anna, Anna is, you know, an, an intelligent young lady. You can tell that she had yeah. a pretty good upbringing. So. A victim of our immigration system here. Yeah. Did, Man, did, I, tell you about, did I tell you about our situation in, in my company here? Yeah, you did. That's man. That's rough. She had we, got people who, we got people here who speak the language mm-hmm. in America and Canada, paid their taxes, would have jobs. I mean, right. I think uh, having Anna stateside would be a huge asset. I don't want to turn this into a political podcast, but I just want to say very quickly, there's been a, there's been a thing in Canada. I don't know if it's been happening in the U.S. as much, but there's been a thing in Canada where a lot of Syri- – did, did Russians pee on anybody? Uh, no, the Russians like us. Oh, okay. But there's been a thing in Canada where there's been an influx of Syrian refugees coming in. And a lot of government money is going towards them, and it's okay for them to be here. But I had an employee, as Sean knows, who was uh, very intelligent, very hardworking, owns a condo, pays her taxes, and she was basically told to go back to Nigeria. So it's it's a great system. What happened to her condo? She still owns it. She still owns the condo and has a renter in the condo, and is paying property taxes on that condo. So kudos to the Canadian government, Justin Trudeau. You're not watching this. If you were, come shovel my driveway. You, you never know. I have been told by numerous people that people within WWE, TNA, watch our shows from time to time. Right. It's because, you, it's, it's because you're such a, an attractive young man, Sean. They're, they're, they're spitting with you, you know? It must be. That, that must <laughs> be it. I've had some people that weren't happy about some of the stuff that I've said and others that, that, that were. Right. Did you watch the Kenny Omega Okada match? I have not yet. Uh, you sent me the link to it. I heard that it got the uh, infamous six stars. And you know I love the rating system. I think that it makes so much sense. So uh, I will watch it. I haven't got around to it. You know I was sick for about a week. Uh, but I will. I will. I will. I heard it was really good. It was immediately among my favorite matches, if not my favorite match of all time. But Alex posed a really good question on Monday. What does a five and a half star match look like? Is is right. that an insult now? Right. Well, wasn't five the 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 max before? 
five was the max, but there was occasion he'd give it five plus, but not like five and a quarter. Now that it. he's jumped, now that he's jumped from five to six, it's like, well, four, five and a half might as well be four and a half, right? I mean, how do you approach that? How do you get to seven now? And you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the 90s when the Hardy Boys and the Dudleys and, and Edge and Christian, they were doing all this creative stuff in the TLC matches. And then all of a sudden, very much like ECW, you had to raise the bar because how do you, you know, you have to raise the bar. So then all of a sudden, Jeff is jumping from the bleachers through tables. To me, this is kind of a similar thing. Meltzer has taken it now to five and a half to six. I can't wait till seven comes along. I want to see what match is seven stars. I want to check it out. Guys, submit your questions uh, using hashtag AskFightful in the YouTube chat or the regular chat, or you can tweet me. I, I don't really care. Either way, uh, just get a hold of us. You, you brought it to my attention. I like to say either way a lot. You, you point out all of my, my tendencies, Jimmy. No, what it is is you have so little flaws that when, uh-huh. when, when, whenever, <laughs> whenever a rare one comes along, if I can look for any way to make you – even greater than you already are. I, I want to help you out. You know, I, you, you have the nice little thing on your screen now that looks better with the, with the hey. logo and, and all that. it looks good, man. Hey, shout outs to Jimmy van for hooking that up. You like the software? Is it good? I love it. It's fantastic. And Nigel, like I said, explained to, explained it to me like I was a four year old and got it to me in 10 minutes. It was phenomenal. I loved it. Awesome. You've got so much information on that thing. Now it's, it's uh, oh, it looks so professional. We are asked, what is our Rumble prediction? Uh, Jimmy, this is a, kind of a cool Rumble. It's stacked very early. Lots mm-hmm. of former world champions, lots of big names. This is a pretty cool situation. This is my first Royal Rumble I'll be going to live. And normally I'd be like, to hell with it. But it's on my bucket list. I want to go to at least one. And uh, fortunately, we have Alex Pawlowski around maybe that weekend. His uh, wife is due that week. So uh, we're able to facilitate this. I'm able to get a little work done. I'm excited about this Royal Rumble because it's so unpredictable at this mm-hmm. point. I don't know who's going to win. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is going to win? So there's two, there's two things that I, I think look like they might happen. The first one is every year they have the one monster that eliminates a bunch of people. Pretty obvious Braun Strowman's going to be that guy. Every time somebody announces themselves for the Rumble, they always cut to the back and Braun's watching on a monitor. So uh, he's going to be the guy to dump 10 or 12 guys out. Maybe I think Kane's got the record. I could see him beating that in this Roman, Rumble. Roman broke the record. Oh, of course Roman broke the record. But uh, <laughs> I, could, I could see Braun being that guy. I actually think there's a chance Taker's going to win uh, and Cena's going to beat Styles, and then Taker's going to get the title shot against Cena. That looks to me like that is the direction that might be going, especially since maybe this is going to be Taker's last mania, and I could see Vince wanting him to get the main event one more time. There are a lot of people that have said the Taker Cena match doesn't need the title. It doesn't need the title, right. but it makes sense. You don't have to f- to find an excuse for Cena Taker. Right. You don't have to shoehorn in a reason. That's enough reason. Uh, I have a I have an article coming out Monday, I believe it is, for changes I would make to the Royal Rumble. And I'll go ahead and let you all in on one before it releases. One of my changes to the Royal Rumble is I would change the stakes. I would let the person who wins choose their match at WrestleMania. Say Brock Lesnar wins the Royal Rumble, but he doesn't give a damn about that world title. He wants his crack at Goldberg again. Mm-hmm. You can do that. Um, 
that that maybe uh, or maybe a guy like the Miz. Now this is just me throwing out an example. He also doesn't give it. He doesn't give a shit about the world title. He wants his intercontinental title. We had a situation like that a few years ago in New Japan where the intercontinental title became almost more highly regarded than the world title because the fans voted that in as the main event. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that would be the case here, but you have a character like the Miz who has taken off. That could work for him. He ain't winning the Rumble though. I think the only issue with that, I mean, I think it's a it's a cool idea. The only issue with the, that idea is I think WWE is ignorant to the fact that their titles don't have the meaning they used to, and I think that they they still think that the the, the world titles are the be all and end all. So to them, that's still the ultimate stake that you can get. The only thing to me that would make it more interesting is if they did put meaning back into the titles, and if they did, I mean, if, if Brock is supposed to be a prize fighter, and if in theory the champion makes the most money then you would think that Brock would be going into the Rumble wanting to win to get that title shot to maximize his income. Um, but it looks like that's not the case. Like you said, they're, they're, they're more looking at him uh, getting a shot at Goldberg again. So they need to make the titles more meaningful. They, I believe, think that they are meaningful. And that's the only thing that's going to hold up that idea. Hey, guys, if you all missed the Monday show after Raw, the Tuesday show after SmackDown, go check those out. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube. We have guys saying it'll be Taker versus Braun at Mania 33. I think that is a horrible yeah. idea. I, you know, Braun's not ready, and, and and quite honestly, I think even though it might be a bit of a, a bit of a shit show, I, I'd be more interested in seeing Brock and Braun. I think than I would Taker and Braun. I think yeah. that Brock is more of the physical. I mean, Taker, who knows his physicality? I noticed on Raw, he's got a little pouch going now. Did you notice? I didn't. I know notice he. That. He had surgery. He may have been a fanny pack. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe he had a, he had a fanny pack underneath his singlet. Yeah, but uh, Taker is getting older, and and the physicality of a Braun Strowman. I think I'd rather see Brock and Braun. I think I think if they can build up Braun for another year, uh, and I don't know how long Brock's contract has left, but uh, Braun and Brock at thirty four, I think, would be pretty tremendous. And we've seen that it, as of a year ago, Braun Strowman could take. German suplexes from Brock Lesnar, and right. he's done nothing but improve since then. Carlos Toro, uh, our lead boxing writer, says, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Finn Balor wins the Rumble. I wouldn't be surprised if he were back. Those shoulder injuries tend to leave people out for like closer to nine, ten months, but you just never know because, of course, when he has surgery, they're going to say, well, it was a lot worse than we expected. Right. I don't think Finn's going to be in. I, I, I don't think he's ready. I think he's targeting mania. But uh, but obviously, there's lots of rumors about Nakamura. There's lots of rumors about Samoa Joe. I can see them doing a little tease with Samoa Joe and Brock or Samoa Joe and Braun Strowman or maybe even Samoa Joe and Roman Reigns. I can see them doing teases with guys like that. Finn Balor is great, but I don't think he's ready. I'll be at NXT TakeOver the night before the Rumble, too. Busy weekend. Busy weekend. And, of course, we're going to have you covered. Somebody asks... When are we going to see a fightful wrestling event? Wow. <laughs> you mean like an independent an independent wrestling event? We have enough talent, Jimmy, between Matt Riddle, uh, Jason Kincaid, Elias yeah. can work a match. Yep. Uh, if Deanna and EC3 ever actually get around to riding for us, because both of those people have been very busy. Um, Deanna about to head to Japan, EC3 in the middle of a 10-day schedule. We've got enough talent to run a show, I think. Brandon Howard wrestles as well. Is that right? 
Oh, he cuts a hell of a promo. Is uh, that right? He's in Buffalo yeah. too. He's not far from me. Here, here's a question that uh, that uh, the FIFA readers can answer: Would it be better to have Sean Ross Sapp in a singles match against Vince Russo, as you guys have talked about, or would it be better to have Sean and Matt Riddle as a tag team? See, Matt works so much better as a singles guy. I've actually done a fair share. I'm hey, local promotion out here. I'm still tag team champion. There you go. I, yeah, I, I, I see a lot of comparisons between Elias and Matt Riddle. You and I have talked about this. I see a yeah. lot of comparisons between those two guys. So what about a singles match, MMA or wrestling, between Elias and, uh, and Matt? I think, did, was, did Matt fight at, at uh, what weight class was Matt in UFC? 170. 170, but he really, as, as a human being, he would have been a lot better off as 185-er. And I think, isn't, isn't Elias 185? Yeah. There you go. There's the perfect perfect potential matchup so maybe maybe 2018 we'll talk about a fightful card there you go i'm all for it hey vince russo doesn't want any of this here's here's a funny thing when somebody mentioned sean ross Sapp and vince russo should be booked against each other the first thing vince russo said is as long as i go over i believe and and you know what i got nothing against vince vince was was easy to work with and and him and i were cool yeah but uh, vince is all about the dollar i mean that's why he worked for us I think if you threw enough at him, there's a good chance he might do that match. Yeah, I do too. I, you know what? I'm pretty sure I could map out a decent match with Vince Russo. That, Some smoke and mirrors. Right. I think I could make it happen. You, hey, we got Shane Helms on the roster that's right. too. That's right. Yeah. yeah. We have a TNA agent who could map out that match. That's right. I wonder if he's going to wear – would he wear the helmet and the football jersey in that one, come out in the Pope Mobile? He would have to. He would have to. He still has the jersey. He posted it on Twitter the other day. I saw that. I was wondering if he was doing that because he's going to sell it on eBay or something. Hmm. Maybe I should buy it, and that should kickstart the angle. Oh, should use it as dude, if you paper. can, I'll give you the money for it because it would be awesome. Somebody says Riddle versus Russo, bro versus bro. You could realistically book a bro battle royal. A battle bro royal. Vince Russo, Matt Riddle, Robbie E. You could bring in DDP. You remember? Uh, do you remember Vader versus Ken Shamrock back in the day? Yeah, I do. And Shamrock was still pretty green, and he was potatoing Vader left and right. So Vader, yeah. then, Vader then gave him receipts. Riddle is pretty safe in the ring, but Russo was Russo, and I think Russo would get destroyed accidentally if he's in the, if he's in the ring with Matt Riddle. Yeah, I would say so too. Fun to think about, though. Fun to think about. Um, there was this situation today I wanted to ask you about. Somebody posted ESPN's list of Royal Rumble winners. Mm-hmm. Under 2004, they have Eddie Guerrero listed. Oh, really? Obviously, he ain't the guy that won the Royal Rumble that year. Uh-huh. Now, to their credit, he did win a Royal Rumble that year. They had a SmackDown Royal Rumble two days later. It was taped two days after the Royal Rumble in which he did win. Uh, I'm going back and watching all those, tweeting about them to put them together for a Fightful.com series that comes out maybe later this week, maybe next week. So, I mean, he technically did win a Royal Rumble. What do you think about them erasing Benoit from the history? Personally, going back through here and watching these Rumbles, the 2004 Rumble was the first match I've watched of Benoit since the incidents. Was was it them intentionally... uh striking Benoit's name from the record or was it, you know, kind of mainstream media ignorance? It would have to be. Cause I mean, I don't know how they would only get that one wrong. Yeah. 
Yeah. And no, I mean, and others. You remember when the first, when, when that whole thing happened and WWE uh, removed him, I think they even removed him from their DVDs back in the day and all that. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can erase him from wrestling history. I mean, obviously you're not going to put him in the hall of fame, but uh, you're, you're insulting the fans intelligence by removing him from wrestling history. People remember. So just put his name, you know? Yeah. I, I don't have a problem. I mean, they, they remove his, his matcher mark or the, the match markings, the timestamps from the WWE Network. I think even that's too much. Like they they've started to add a few. Like if it's Chris Jericho versus Chris Benoit, yeah, they'll they'll have the markings say Chris Jericho in action. I'm cool with that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, in time, everything kind of. I'm not saying everything heals because the situation. No one's getting healed from that situation as far as family, but in time, you're able to kind of go back to doing what you were doing. And I think that's why we might see Hogan at WrestleMania, same exact situation. Not ex- exact situation, but you understand my what I'm saying. How much is he mentioned in that encyclopedia behind you, or have you had a chance to look at it? Oh, you man, you're you're so detail oriented. That was yeah. uh, that was given to me by uh, a kid in my office by the name of Jasper, who uh, picked my name in our secret Santa, and got me the encyclopedia. And I am not much of a book reader anymore, so I thought, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to make this thing a prop in the uh, in my office for the podcast, and good on you that you spotted that. Well, listen, I also spot that title belt back there, and I believe you made some sort of wager with me that if an article that I requested for an ad didn't do the worst numbers ever, that I would get that title, right? I mean... I don't recall that conversation taking place, and uh, <laughs> there, there was nothing in writing that I ever saw. Jesus, of course. Of course. Somebody says, is Jamie Van the real million-dollar man? He's getting everybody. Hey, that's one of the things I like about you, Jimmy. You, if, I'm like, if I'm like, you know what? This guy's interesting on camera. You're like, go get him. Go get him. Oh, okay. You know what? There, there is so much content now, you know, in, in general for people to consume, whether it be on the internet, whether it be television, whether it be whatever. Uh, you cannot put up a website like this. And do nothing and just twiddle your thumbs and think that the incredible talent of Sean Ross Sapp alone is going to bring in the masses. Even though you are tremendous and you have brought people in, uh, you got to spend a little bit of money. And that's why I told you that I've committed at least a year to this. And we have spent more money than I care to mention. But uh, but uh, I I like what we're doing. You know, we I I want to get the whole I think Jeff called it last night a brand split. With the with the the wrestling MMA, I want to get that finished up. But I like what we're doing and. I was not even really familiar with who Elias Theodoru was, even though he's Canadian. And now uh, over the last couple of days, I've had a chance to talk to him a fair bit. He's a good dude, you know, and, and 12 and one record and he's smart. And I'll, I will work with people like that all day long. You heard it guys. You heard it. Did you see his wrestling? I, show, I sent you the link to his wrestling match, right? Yeah, I've, I've still got to check that out. It's it's been a busy week between all the podcasts and stuff. I have true. I've spent every waking hour, waking hour until today. I was able to get out for about an hour working. So I'm going to get to that Elias thing very soon. I'm excited to check it out um, because I knew he had done one, but I, I wasn't. I didn't know like how elaborate it was. How was it? So the way it all came up was he, him and I were talking uh, over text message and uh, on his Twitter, he had mentioned the name Owen Hart. And so I just texted him and I said, are you into wrestling? Because you mentioned Owen Hart. 
and he started going off about the Young Bucks uh, and, tell, oh, yeah. and telling me about an independent match that he had in Canada. And I was so he actually wants to do more wrestling. We might end up using him both on Fightful Wrestling and Fightful MMA because he wants to contribute more to the site on the wrestling side too. So we'll see how it goes. Somebody says that we should book Alex versus uh, Russo and the loser has to review Monday Night Raw every week. That is the ultimate – isn't that the ultimate kick in the, kick in the pants? If that was the I don't, the loser award. I don't know if anybody could pay Vince enough to cover Monday Night Raw anymore. Yeah, he walked away that from beca- it, right? He did. That became, that became the one gripe. That became the hang-up. Right. Is that he was like, I cannot do this anymore. Let me do something else. I was like, okay, review old Raws. And he's like, I can't do this anymore. Right. I was like, okay, okay all, right. all right. He didn't want to cover wrestling anymore. but and unfor- Hey, maybe you can get him on Trig Tent, talking politics. That seems to be his thing. Oh, he's into that now? Yeah, we, well, we saw what happened with that whole airport comment. And uh, <laughs> what, what was the thing about – I don't want to go on a, on a tangent about, about Vince because, again, he was cool to work with. I like with. him. Yeah, he was cool to work with, and I don't need to shit on him. Um, no, 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 no. I'm just saying he might actually like to do political stuff. Maybe, but I, I don't know if I want somebody writing for Trig that's saying, you know, women are not meant to be leaders. That's not, uh, I don't need to have you that. Get, I think you should get his take each week on like the most controversial subjects. Such He's, as women are not meant to be leaders? Well, that and Russian hookers peeing on beds. Right, right. Like we'll talk about we'll talk about that uh, another topic for another time. Yeah. Either way, Eddie Guerrero won the 2004 Royal Rumble. That's that's what all this circles back to, basically. Something that you haven't mentioned yet is the fact that I am wearing the Brock Lesnar, oh God, UFC Reebok fight kit, which I told you I was going to wear for you today, and there was a reason I was going to wear it for you today. You want to go ahead and explain that? No, I, I don't know the reason. No, you don't know the reason? I don't know the reason. So I, I admittedly am a, am a Brock Lesnar guy. Uh, I've been a fan of Brock Lesnar for many, many years. And it's not because of his athletic ability, even though he is a tremendous athletic specimen and his wrestling success and his, and his MMA success. The reason that I'm a fan of Brock Lesnar is because he says what he wants and he does what he wants. Uh, and he doesn't care about the repercussions. And I have found personally, in order to be successful in business, you need to have that mentality. Uh, and, uh, the fact that he was the other night at a Winnipeg Jets hockey game and in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and I'm assuming you've never been to Winnipeg, Manitoba, and I don't want to rip anybody that lives in Winnipeg, Manitoba, but I have been there and there's not a whole hell of a lot going on in Winnipeg, Manitoba. The fact that he was there with his ex model wife who was decked out to the nines, you know, completely done up with a dress and everything. And Brock is taking her to a Jets game in Winnipeg. I was like, how can you not love that guy? Yeah. And so when, I, when you and I were talking about that, I told you when we do this thing on Wednesday, I am wearing the Brock shirt that you know I own in tribute to him because I thought it was hilarious that he brought Sable to a, uh, a Jets NHL game in Winnipeg. He loves his Canada, apparently. He, he, was, asked, he was asked why he chose to wear that kit, and he said it's just pretty simple. I live there. It's not a political statement or anything. I just no. I live there. That's right. And, and that's, that's, again, one of the things I love about him is that he just says, he tells it like it is. I remember Ariel Helwani one time said to him, uh, Eddie Alvarez, I think, did 1,500 rounds of sparring before a fight. 
And when Ariel asked him, how many rounds did you do prior to the Mark Hunt fight, Brock looked at him with a stone face and he said, 3,000. And I, I just <laughs> thought, this man is awesome. I love Brock Lesnar. How many do you think he really did? I'm going to go ahead and guess almost none. Yeah. Because you could, tell, yeah. You, could, you could tell by his striking stance, he just wants to take you down and pound you out. So, Oh, yeah. He always had an okay jab, which a lot of wrestlers and judo players do because they're used to, they're used to getting off on that front foot. But this, this isn't the MMA podcast. No, but, 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 but uh, so you and I were talking yesterday about how this is the FIFA Wrestling Podcast. Uh, but I did uh-huh. say to you, anything that comes up in MMA that the wrestling audience might find interesting – we can address it. Like later on, I'm going to ask you about the Meryl Streep thing because I think that wrestling people might find that interesting. We can still talk about interesting stuff. We just don't need to talk about who do you have with Habib and Tony Ferguson. We don't need to talk about that kind of crap. Sure. <laughs> Person asks, <laughs> Jimmy Van, you've committed a year. If after a year it doesn't work, are you going to fire Sean live on the air? <laughs> well, you told me that there is a Tim Hortons that is being open near you. So I'll, oh, I'll hook you up with a full-time job if this thing doesn't work out. Nice. Nice. At Tim Hortons? At Tim Hortons. Yeah. At oh, Tim Hortons. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Wonderful. Maybe a free <laughs> agent in six months, you guys. You, you never could be know. A, you could be a Tim's barista. Oh, Jesus. I'm not Patrick Cummins. <laughs> or Tony Schiavone. You're not Tony Schiavone either. Does he do that? Starbucks. Wow. Yeah, he works at Starbucks. He said he did it for the benefits. Wow. Now, I mean, I talk about there's a, there's a lot of hours per week in this. I'd rather do nothing else, really. Right. It's and just, you, you do a good job. I like to have fun with you and bust your balls a little bit, but you do great. Whenever I need to reach you, it really doesn't matter what hour of the day. I think I, I sent you that Brock uh, Jets thing at like 1 a.m. last night. Yep. And you responded. You're You're great. Sometimes you got to make sacrifices to do what you want to do, and uh, this is what I want to do. Goldberg apparently making some moral sacrifices as he will be living life in the fast lane. He's been announced for fast lane. This is a couple of years after he was like, I don't think I'll ever be back. I don't think I'll ever be back. He's going to be wrestling at fast lane, apparently. He's going to wrestle at fast lane. It, it would appear so. He'll be there. He will be appearing in Milwaukee live. Oh, Milwaukee. That's where Alex is from. Okay, I want Alex to get a sit-down interview with Goldberg in Milwaukee during Fastlane. Done. <laughs> Done. I mean, obviously, they're just, they're just so, going to set up the Brock match at Mania. What else? What, there's no other reason for him to be there, right? It would make sense, I yeah. would think. Especially with, think the kind of, with the kind of coin that he's looking to make. Fastlane is a is a B show. Why would you spend that kind of money on that show? Yeah. We have a person that says, has WWE ever shown interest in Christopher Daniels? It's funny you mentioned that because I think we either just published an article or have one coming out. Christopher Daniels was supposed to be the higher power. Yeah, I heard about that. Bruce Pritchard revealed that on his podcast. Really good show. Uh, but Vince thought he was too small. Yeah. What could have been with Christopher Daniels? Because over the past 15 years, he has been a consistently excellent performer and is still doing it at a high level and would probably by now would have a backstage prominent job uh, as he does in Ring of Honor. Did that surprise you to hear that, that Christopher Daniels was pegged for the 
higher power spot? Yeah, because back then, WWE was still kind of the land of the giants. And uh, I think people sometimes don't realize that a guy like X-Pac or a guy like Jeff Hardy, who's always been uh, positioned to be a smaller guy, those are big dudes. It's like X-Pac is like 6'1 or 6'2". I think Hardy is about that as well. They're not small guys. They just look small in comparison to Kane and Triple H and The Rock. Daniels is a dwarf compared to those guys. So I'm surprised that his name even came up. Uh, and I'm not surprised that it got next. Isn't that crazy that a five foot ten, maybe six feet guy, 215, 220 pounds, that's a heavyweight in MMA, considered small in pro wrestling at any point, let alone back then. I don't think he's 220 legit. He can't be. No, not 220 legit. He's like 210, 250. Is he that much? Yeah, he's you'd never realize how big they are until you see him in person. Yeah. He's because Daniel to- Daniels has always had that. He's always had that natural physique, like the non enhanced physique. Yes. So he doesn't even look like a 200 pounder to me. This, this is going to sound weird. You know what? I bet hurt him as well. He had that terrible haircut back then. Right. With his hairline all the way back here. He shaved his head and he instantly looked 10 years younger. Right, right. He also wore the eye makeup, which might have been take or gimmick infringement at that time. Tommaso Ciampa, do you remember the Muhammad Hassan angle? Uh, I remember this being talked about. I, I don't recall the angle. Yeah. I remember recently uh, it being talked about. Tommaso Ciampa was portrayed Muhammad Hassan's manager in like 05, and he was like 22 years old. Right. Fast forward 11, 12 years he shaves his head, he's got gray in his beard, and somehow he looks younger than he did when he was 22 in 2005 during that angle. It's so weird the way that works out. And now he's a some, you know, quote-unquote wrestling rookie in NXT. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that weird? Uh, Chris Hero's back. We had the exclusive video of him breaking a top rope with his big ass uh, <laughs> on Fightful.com thanks to, uh, thanks to our reader David, also known as Chief, who uh, – not surprisingly, visited Matt Riddle with that type of name at that show. Hmm. What do you think about them bringing back Chris Hero as Cassius Ono? Um, that's the, getting a little bit of that buzz back. That's the only issue that I have with the whole thing is, is, is calling him Cassius Ono. I think that uh, a long-time problem with WWE is that they just insult the, the intelligence of the audience. And the NXT audience is a hardcore audience. They know exactly who he is. And I question why Why can you have Samoa Joe as Samoa Joe and Bobby Roode as Bobby Roode and AJ Styles as AJ Styles, but then you got to call this guy Cassius Ono. Everybody knows that's Chris Hero. So that's my only issue. As far as bringing him back, I think, it, I think it's necessary for him to restock the cupboards in NXT because uh, Nakamura's ready, uh, Samoa Joe's ready, Bobby Roode's ready. And if you bring those guys up, you don't have anybody else down there to headline the show. So they have to go after more guys. So. Uh, I'm all for it, but I question why they call him Cassie Sono when everybody knows who he is. So it's it's funny you mentioned that because I was uh, contact. I was having like I have a weekly talk with one person in particular from WWE, and this person will either give me really really good stuff or they'll stonewall me with a bunch of horse shit. Mm-hmm. And they're probably watching the show. And when I asked about Hero and his name, I got stonewalled with the horse shit. Was- I was told. And I brought up AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, and they said, well, he's never been on national TV. They have. He's never been on what? National TV. He's never had national TV exposure. I mean, Nakamura came from Japan. A lot of the U.S. audience probably wasn't familiar with him. 
I said that, and they were like, well, he was on Access. And I was like, is this, like, a real thing? Like, right. it's a little unusual, but... Right. There must be another reason for it. I mean, you remember when... Uh, this is a really obscure reference, but when the Road Warriors came in, and they had to be the Legion of Doom because they already had a warrior with the Ultimate Warrior? Yeah. Is it because they didn't want to have another Chris? Like, I, I don't know of another hero on the roster, so maybe they just didn't want to have another... I mean, I don't know. But it's just so stupid that they call him Cassie Zono when everybody knows who he is. Well, I mean, Shane Helms got an entirely new gimmick because his name was Shane. Right. And it worked out for him, so. Yeah. Hurricane was great. Two Shanes. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Ah, just the way they think sometimes. I don't know. And, and I don't want this to be a shit on WWE podcast, but it, it's, it's just funny to me that they don't – because here's what, how I look at it. I look at it like Hunter is not stupid. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. I find that Triple H has a finger on the pulse. I think he keeps uh, up to date on what's going on on the independent scene. Vince, I think, lives in a bubble. I don't think Vince knows anything about anything. I don't think he follows Ring of Honor. I don't think he's, he knows anything about Flow Slam. But I think Hunter follows everything. And I think that guys like Chris Hero coming back are his influence. And so I just question why Hunter, who knows what's going on, why he wouldn't push and just call him Chris Hero. I, I wish they would. Uh, NXT had lost some of that buzz. Really, since since pretty much August, I would say, that buzz has went down significantly. They lost a lot of people to the draft. I went to an NXT show. Of course, we have video of that NXT show uh, on our YouTube. Follow us. Subscribe to us. And they lost Finn Balor. They lost Bailey. They lost American Alpha. They lost mm-hmm. a ton of guys. They're probably going to lose Austin Aries to 205 mm-hmm. Live whenever he's back <laughs> to begin with. Do you think this helps with that buzz? No. I, I don't think Hero is a needle mover. I, I think he's a good hand. I think he's a, he's a good guy to, to have up on the roster. He's, he provides Nakamura with another challenger. Uh, but no, I don't, I don't consider him the guy that's going to shift the momentum. You know, they, there's, there's more guys they need to try to, to try to get. But you look at a guy like Nakamura, I'm a big fan of Nakamura. I think I wrote an article once about how he kind of, uh, uh, lit a fire under me when it comes to being a fan of wrestling. He has outgrown the NXT product. Uh, and it's time to bring him up to WWE. But again, who do you, who do you have there if you don't have him? So they got to, they got to stock the covers, but Hero's not going to be the, the needle mover. He's just a good hand to have. I can't remember the last like national dates that NXT did. I'm going to have to go back and look. But it seemed like last year they were doing him all the time. Like, well, they also had a big buzz on the women too. Yeah, and now they're all up on the main roster. I, I, you know, I mean, all the all the ones that were that were really prominently featured. They, uh, there was no reason to bring Dana Brooke up. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan, but uh, no reason. I mean, Bailey, I look at Bailey's lost a lot of buzz in WWE. I don't think she's been handled well at all. Uh, when you look at how popular she was in NXT. But uh, they really, again, I, I don't want to keep on using stock coverage as a reference, but they need to. They, they need to get that next wave of performers that they can build around down there. Yeah, they haven't done national touring since for a month. Since the Las Vegas show last or in December, like December 17th, they were in Riverside the 15th. And they did the uh, Australia tour. It seems like it's been a lot longer than that right? Yeah. since they, they've done that. And I, I don't know if that's a product of – I don't know exactly what that's a product of. Um, I know they're going to be in Indianapolis, I think, tomorrow, and uh, actually Louisville Friday. 
I should see if they're coming anywhere close. No, they're going to like Lakeland and stuff. So they're, they are going, they're doing a couple national dates. That's, that's good. But I think if you lose Nakamura, that, that takes a hit big time. Yeah, that, that, that's the problem that they're going to run into. But you can't keep him down there forever. There, there, there's money on the table with him to bring him up. Imagine that entrance at WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. Imagine that entrance just any time. Right. Yeah, so they're going to have to figure something out. Maybe Muda's got one more run in him. They can bring Muda in and let him you know, spew mist at people. I had no idea NXT was going to be in Louisville this Friday, which tells you plenty. You can go check it out? Probably not. That's like three hours away from mm-hmm. me. I'd be better off going to – well, maybe not. Maybe going to Indianapolis. It's about three hours, ten minutes, and it's a better city. Louisville sucks. <laughs> University of Kentucky fan here. Uh, John Cena going to take some more time off later this year. We knew about this in, like, October or November, mm-hmm. but it was officially announced. He's got another movie project coming up. He has backpedaled on his statements about The Rock that he made a few years ago. And I thought that was big of him to do that, to just flat out say, I was wrong. How do you feel about him taking this time off? Um, do you think this, in turn, extends his career? Yeah, I, I think there's nothing but positives coming out of it. I think that uh, if you think back to Mania last year when he was injured and Rock was doing the deal with the Wyatts and seeing his music hit, the crowd did not boo that night. The crowd popped that night when Cena came out. I think that if he's used as a part-time special attraction like a Brock Lesnar, like an Undertaker, uh, I think they're going to get more mileage out of him. I think that uh, maybe even his merch sales might be improved if you know he only comes out every few months with a new T-shirt. And quite honestly, if you're John Cena, how can you blame the guy? Seriously. He's been there for 15 years. Uh, remember for a long time, he was, in, he was uh, like an injury-free guy. He was like Teflon man for a while. And but over the last several years now, he's he's endured a lot of injuries because it catches up to you. He's turning forty, and uh, I think he's earned it. I mean, if he's now getting movie offers, why why would he not take them? So uh, I have no problem with it at all. I think that uh, SmackDown, especially, I think AJ Styles is doing a good job. I think that they need to work on elevating more main eventers because after Styles and Cena, right now, there's not a whole lot going on in the main events. But uh, no, I have no problem with it at all. And at least he did come out and say he was wrong about the rock thing and he didn't try to bullshit his way out of it. So cool with it. It seemed like they were gearing Baron Corbin towards that. He lost to Cena clean the other night. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. There are a lot of people that had a problem with it. It's John Cena. Now, I don't know if you're trying to get a guy over, that's not maybe the best thing to do, but uh, what were your feelings on that? So I might be in the minority, and I know sometimes I've written some stuff about Baron Corbin, and people have commented and said I'm wrong. I don't see main event in Baron Corbin. I just don't. I, I don't see a draw as a main eventer in Baron Corbin. I don't see a guy that you can send out and do mainstream interviews, given his, his attitude and, and given his personality. Uh, I He's just, the most metal athlete. Yeah, yeah, great. Good for him. I, uh, no, I just don't, I don't see main event in Baron Corbin. I don't, and I never have. And so if that's a guy that they, they think they're going to be able to hitch their wagon to, good luck. You know, I just don't see it. I think that he's a strong mid-card, maybe upper mid-card kind of guy. He's not going to be a draw as a main eventer. It's time for us to play the Vince McMahon role, Jimmy. We have three people named Andrew in our live chat. We got to change two of those. One of them's Andy. One of them doesn't get a first name. Sorry, guys. 
That's the way we got to go with that. I'm going to list off the confirmed Royal Rumble entrance. And I want you to give me (laughs) perhaps a percentage of likelihood, maybe a betting line that you would set for them winning. Oh, let Miz be the first one, please. Can Miz be the first one? Sure, the Miz. Former WWE (laughs) champion, WrestleMania main eventer, the Miz. (laughs) I... uh... I can't help but look at The Miz, and I just see a guy that is not intimidating. I mean, I'm sorry. That's how I look at it. I see a guy that I would not be afraid to fight if I had to. Uh, I, I, Maurice has helped his career a lot. If he wins the Royal Rumble, there are serious issues with, uh, with the WWE uh, booking strategy. No chance that Miz wins the Royal Rumble. I would probably bet my company on it. How do you like that? Hey, does that title come with it? Does what come with it? Does that title belt come with it? Tell you what, sure. The title belt (laughs) can go with it, sure. Former world heavyweight champion, Dolph Ziggler. (sighs) Dolph Ziggler. Okay, let me me ask you a question. What do you think over the last, say, two or three years, what do you think about Dolph Ziggler? What do you think about his performances in the ring? What do you think about his, uh, his character development? What, how do you feel about Dolph Ziggler over the last two or three years? Character development non-existent until last week, uh, the heel turn. Um, nothing has stood out about his in-ring work outside of that Survivor Series performance where Sting showed up and his Miz feud. The Miz matches, they, those were really, really good. Those took me by surprise. But little to no character development until the heel turn last week, and still I don't know if him losing is that much of a development. Yeah. I mean, obviously the booking is out of his hands and, and obviously if they're going to ask him to put people over, you got to do what you got to do. But I look at a guy like Dolph Ziggler, the guy's a veteran of so many years. What are you doing tuning up the band? Like seriously, what are you, what are you doing using sweet chin music as your finisher? I, I just don't understand. I don't understand how to me, Shawn Michaels is still a relevant performer. He was just on raw on Monday. He's still a relevant performer. It's not like you took somebody's finisher from 50 years ago and made it your own. You're using moves from a guy that retired within the last uh, five, ten years, whatever it's been, a guy that's still relevant, still on television. I've lost a lot of interest in a guy like Dolph Ziggler outside of his booking and outside of the fact he's had to put people over it because as maybe he's just calling it in now. Maybe he's just sick of the way he's been booked. He doesn't care anymore. But taking blatant moves from a, a guy still relevant to the business, I just don't get it. Uh, and I'm glad he's turning heel. I think that he needs something to freshen him up, but – I don't see a whole lot in Dolph anymore. You talk about taking moves from a guy still relevant in the business. Seth Rollins uses uses the pedigree. He's in this Rumble match. What do you put his odds at? That's a different one because storyline-wise, he was supposedly given it by Hunter because they were together at the time. I didn't see Shawn Michaels go, in, go on Raw and tell Dolph Ziggler, go ahead and start tuning up the band. So it's, it's, it's a little bit different. Seth is, I, I think if you want to pick, say, the top five guys that have the potential to win, Seth's one of those five. New United States champion, another former world champion, Chris Jericho. Maybe maybe the hottest he's been as a performer yeah. as it pertains to reaction in years. Yeah. I wish that a guy like Randy Orton could learn from a guy like Chris Jericho. Because Randy Orton, although the Y thing now is a little bit different, but otherwise you could look at Randy Orton 10 years ago. You could look at Randy Orton a year ago, and you wouldn't even know that time had went by. 
Same haircuts. Haircuts and tattoos. Right. And, that's and it. the beard, I guess, right? Yeah. Same ring entrance, same music, same gear, same uh, moves, uh, skill set, same everything. Every time Jericho is, has been out there, every run and every babyface turn, heel turn, he has, or, uh, face, uh, yeah, heel turn, he has changed something every single time. He has made himself different or recreated himself every single time. And that's why Jericho is, he's, how can you not love Chris Jericho? How can you just not love him? So he's not going to win the Rumble. He's he's uh, he's not even going to be a top five guy in the Rumble. I think he's leaving uh, after Mania to do some Fozzie stuff. But uh, how can you not love the fact that he knows how to recreate himself every time, over and over again? Next up, we have your boy, <laughs> Baron Corbin. Oh, oh yeah. You know, I, I'm going to tell you something funny because I've been working on this, and and now talking about Baron Corbin, maybe I should do it. I want to get a life-size cutout of Virgil. And I had asked Lindsay, a girl on my team that Sean knows, I asked her to try to get it done, and she's having trouble uh, getting it done. I want a life-size cutout of Virgil with the, with the silver vest and the crossed arms, and I want to put them right here over my shoulder when I do this. I should get another one of Baron Corbin and put it over on this shoulder, over here. Uh, Jimmy, let me, let me just explain the flaw here. Is she trying to contact, like, a poster maker or something? She actually found a life-size cutout company, if you can believe Okay. It. Here's the thing. I've got Virgil's email. Have her email him. He'll just stand there for you for the right <laughs> price. Because I, I emailed him for an interview, yes. and he responded like a minute later and said, how much? I remember. I remember. You know what? He might do that for less than Russo got paid to do the podcast. I wouldn't doubt it at all. Yeah. You still got paid very well to do the show. That's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. But that's what I want to do. I, you know what I think is going to happen? I, I could see there being a standoff at one point between Corbin and Ron because you've got your SmackDown guy they're building and the Raw guy that they're building. I could see them having a little standoff. But I think that standoff will end with Braun dumping his ass over the top rope. Uh, Baron's not winning the Rumble. Those standoffs Although, are really cool. Like as I've as I've watched all these rumbles, like there have been some iconic ones, like even Earthquake and Yokozuna. The crowd was like, "Oh damn!" Right? Remember a Hogan Warrior? I mean, that one is is, oh, is legendary, right? Now, granted, Braun and uh, and Baron, I don't think the crowd's going to respond like, "Oh my god!" But uh, I think I think it's a rumble crowd. They might, maybe, maybe. But uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go embarrassingly crazy during that show. Okay, I hope I can spot you in the crowd because if I can, then if they do do Baron and, and Strawn at one point, I want to see you jumping up and down in your seat. I'm going to be trying to look yeah. for you. It's floor seats, so you may not be able to see me behind other people. I don't uh-huh. know. The three members of the longest reigning tag team champions ever, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, Big E, the members of the New Day. What the hell was that Titus O'Neil segment on Raw? What the hell oh, was that? shit. It was shit. They're making heels baby faces with that stuff. What the hell? Anyway, uh, they'll get in their fun little spot. You know, maybe maybe uh, uh, Francesca's going to be a last-minute Royal Rubble entrant or something stupid. They become a comedy act. They're, they're no longer really a serious tag team entity anymore. So they'll get their little comedy in, and then they'll get dumped out. I'll be it. Braun Strowman. So this is, I think, the only guy that if you look at everybody that either writes for Fightful or does the podcast for Fightful, I think we all are in agreement on Braun Strowman. He might be the only one that we all love. Yeah. And it's funny that, uh, that this 
big hairy beast is is a dude that we all love. I think Braun is awesome. A, a guy that big who can run, who can who's that fast. Uh, the reverse choke slam sucks, but uh, he's using the, the running power slam now, which I think is great. Braun's great. He is gonna. This is gonna be the spotlight match for Braun. This is gonna be the one. He is going to dump, you know, probably a, a dozen guys or, or ten guys or whatever it is they decide. He's gonna get his showcase moment, and I think it's gonna be a big guy that takes him out. I could even see them having, say, Goldberg and Brock uh, decide to end standoff for a second and take him out because they recognize that he's a threat. So this is going to be a spotlight match for Braun Strowman, 100%. I hope so as well. Uh, this is a very low-risk, high-reward type of match for WWE and Braun Strowman. It's funny because this, when, when I talked to some people from the Performance Center, they said last year Braun Strowman got in there and he practiced his over-the-top rope bumps. Right. Like, And that is one of his strengths. You'll see him go to that a lot. Right. Uh, so he can bump over the top rope. You have him toss people over. You don't really have him sell until you eliminate him. Yep, I agree. And I, I love, you know what, a couple of weeks ago when they, because they, they had built him for months against uh, enhancement talent and lower level talent. When they all of a sudden put him in with Seth Rollins, I was concerned because I thought this is not going to be good. They're going to be having him taking a bunch of bumps for Seth Rollins, but they didn't. Uh, and so I, I love it. I love that he's taking high risk moves from Seth and he's selling, but he's not going down. They're doing, I think they're doing, he's one of the few guys right now that I think they're doing a pretty good job with. So looking forward to seeing what he does in the Rumble. Brock Lesnar, former Royal Rumble winner, former WWE champion, former King of the Ring, former, you know, all that stuff. Uh, so rumor has it that I'm a fan of Brock Lesnar and that I wore, I wore Allegedly. this, I wore this Reebok, uh, what do they call it? They call it a kit? Fight kit. Isn't that stupid? It's, it's, it's. I don't need to talk about Dana White right now, but uh, we will in a minute, though. I want to talk about the Meryl Streep thing in a minute. But uh, uh, Brock is going to be one of the last guys in. I envision that Goldberg is going to eliminate him uh, because that's going to lead to their match uh, at Mania. But I I think he'll be one of the last guys in, unless they do the thing where halfway through they have their standoff, uh, Goldberg gets him out. But Brock, is he's he's there so so infrequently. you got to make the best use of him that you can. One guy left. What was that? One, there's one guy left. He is one William S. Goldberg. I mean, again, I think Goldberg and, and Brock are going to be tied together. I could even see them doing some crap where Brock gets eliminated, runs back out, and tosses him. Uh, because they change the rules on that all the time. Sometimes once you're eliminated, you can eliminate someone else. Other times you can. And it seems they, they change the rules as they go along. They're going to be tied together somehow, Brock and Goldberg, I think. Um, unless maybe they decide, maybe, you know, they were teasing uh, uh, Jericho and Roman and, and those other guys with Goldberg. Maybe one of those will take him out. Maybe Braun Strowman will be the guy to take him out. You know, he'll be prominently featured. I would imagine the Wyatt family will, will eventually be added as well. And that's a couple of big names, uh, Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt. I don't think either one will win it, but – Hey, there's nothing wrong with adding these big names, and they, they've done that with still two, two and a half weeks to go. All I, I got to say Alex, is they, I hope he – go ahead, sorry. Sorry, I was going to say, I just hope that the surprises are good surprises because how many years have they left five spots open and then one of them is Kalisto or something? You know what yeah, I mean? nobody cares about him. No, so I, I really hope that they, they, they utilize these properly. Everybody is expecting 
one or, you know, several of Nakamura, Samoa Joe, uh, maybe Bobby Roode even. I think Nakamura for sure people are expecting. I think Samoa Joe people are expecting. So they better utilize them. And I think DDP is going in the hall. So I could see DDP maybe being one again. So. Uh, well, DDP said that he's never throwing out another diamond cutter. He retired it. So do you think that changes things? I think the ability to be on television uh, wearing your DDP yoga t-shirt and getting a little bit of rub will change everything for Diamond Dallas That's, Page. that's a very, very good point. I think if you, if you got the call from Hunter saying, hey, uh, yeah, you can wear your little shirt and want you in the rumble, but you got to drop a, a diamond cutter, oh, pfft, he'll have no problem doing that. Speaking of giving somebody the rub, uh, guys, go check out Elijah Burke's charity, uh, the Pope Elijah Burke. He's running a uh, charity event uh, this Saturday. Uh, great, great thing that helps the uh, disadvantaged in Jacksonville. So check his uh, stuff out. Love Alive charity. Very, very, very good cause. You know, I once got somebody to pay $75 for me to send a beanie to Vince Russo to wear on air that got donated to that charity. And did he wear it? He wore it. Oh, we got to get like a screen cap or something of that. He wore it. My favorite screen cap that I I was organizing folders uh, for the images and thumbnails we use. And there was one of Vince smoking weed on his own podcast and at any time he would like say something ridiculous in one of his columns he wrote for us i would use that thumbnail just to kind of you know awesome just to kind of irk people do you think do you think that we could maybe do something similar and get matt to wear like khakis in a cardigan and and uh you know maybe like part part his hair and slick his hair over and stuff like that that would be great that's a great like heel version of matt riddle for yeah for charity for charity Oh yeah, we could we could get the corporate Matt Riddle. Instead of bro, he has to say sir. You could get him to wear one of those old beanies with the propellers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You should talk to him to see if he's up for doing something for charity. We could do that. That would be very cool. So Jimmy, anything you're looking forward to in particular Royal Rumble weekend before we go? Uh, the Rumble is my second favorite show of the year, and uh, the match itself is probably my favorite match of the year, even exceeding Mania. Uh, love the concept, love the surprise. Looking forward to seeing what they do with Braun. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to the Rumble. I uh, I want to segue for a second because I know that we're almost ready to wrap up. I want to segue for a second, and I want to ask you a question about this Meryl Streep thing. Yeah. Uh, I want your opinion. And again, people that are wrestling fans and not MMA fans will still, I think, find this interesting, which is why I want to bring this up. So uh, quick backstory. The Golden Globes, Meryl Streep, you know, what is she, a 60-something actress, uh, went off on a tangent about Donald Trump. I lost For whatever reason, reason, this this is what I want your opinion on the MMA community just went off and got so rattled yeah. by that. And Dana White was posting videos freaking out. Canadian internet messed up again, Jimmy. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll, let me, let me try again. So here's my question for you. So she is a, she's a 60 something, you know, white actress who yeah. is very obviously uninformed and, un- and uneducated when it comes to mixed martial arts. She made that comment to take a shot at, uh, at Trump. It wasn't taking a shot necessarily at MMA. My question for you is why would people get rattled by that when, when somebody is clearly uninformed and clearly uneducated about MMA? Why would they let that bother them at all? 
Well, I, I can kind of tell you why, because I had people in my inbox who didn't know any better saying, I didn't know it was that bad in MMA. And I was like, it's not. Right. The UFC has over 300 foreign fighters. Now, if you want to refer to it as not the fine arts, that's fine. But she said, not the arts. Now, okay, she didn't specify. Was it worth a lot of the people getting upset about? Uh, probably not. But the issue is, for how long, you got guys like Bob Arum. Yeah who have tried to perpetuate this image that MMA is a bunch of racist skinhead white dudes with tattoos punching each other in the face. Mm. That's not it. There are over 300 foreigners uh, on the UFC roster. Jimmy, I think you contract about half of them to do podcasts <laughs> on this show. So like, I thought it was a very uneducated statement. I appreciate the sentiment. I do. Um, I am far from a Trump supporter. I don't want to get into politics on here, but yeah. I, I worry about – you know, as a guy who's in the media, I worry about our freedom of the press. That's my issue. Um, fortunately, Canadians pay me, so <laughs> hey. I mean, the way I look at it is if, if it had been, let's say it was Joe Rogan that made that comment, or let's say it was Floyd Mayweather, or let's say it was somebody in the combat sports community, then I can understand Dana White maybe getting a little ruffled over that. It was, I, it was fucking Meryl Streep. Outside of his uppity 80-year-old woman comment, I thought he handled it pretty well. Like he, he was on TMZ, and he said, she's not exactly in our demographic. Right. She, that's not really the type of person we go after. Right. He said, uh, he said it would be like me calling her not a talented actress. It's not true. She right. is. Uh, maybe she needs to be a little more educated about it. The uppity 80-year-old woman thing is what got the most play, and it should have. I mean, that's, that's what's grabbing the headlines. Right. I thought that there were some people like Tamden McCrory and James Vick who held, who handled it really, really bad. And who I don't like the kind of people who use the terms liberal or conservative as an insult. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think as soon as somebody does that, I'm not listening to you anymore. Right. I because just, I see, I see what's up. I just thought nothing of it. I, I, I am not an award show fan. I actually, I actually hate award shows. Yeah. Uh, it's the glorification of celebrity and I hate it. Uh, but uh, I heard about the comments the next day, and I just chuckled. I thought, you know, here's this this you know yeah. older lady that doesn't know anything about MMA. I couldn't believe it when I heard that so many people were getting rattled about it. I mean, seriously, who cares? Normally, I'd just be like, uh, who gives a damn? But the next day on Facebook, just Facebook alone, I had six people, six people that were like, Man, is this the case? Is that true? <laughs> like about the foreigners, nothing about the arts. Right. There were a lot of people that got up in arms about arts. She should have specified that those aren't the fine arts. It's not acting. She she tried to uh, insinuate that only sports would be on TV. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. she was getting at. Yeah. No, but again, it's Meryl Streep making, making a one-off flippant remark. I can't believe yeah. somebody would listen to Meryl Streep make a comment about MMA and ask you if it was true. Like, are you kidding? Yeah. I've never watched a Meryl Streep movie. Oh, yes, you have. You're lying. You're lying. I've never watched a Meryl Streep movie. I looked through her uh, IMDb. I've never watched a one. The The closest thing that I've watched to a Meryl Streep movie was um, the guy in striptease with Demi Moore saying that Meryl Streep used to strip. That's the only – that's the closest I've been. I think, I, I think that you have seen The Devil Wears Prada on Netflix like three <laughs> dozen times. And I, I think it's like a once a month routine you have with your wife, and you're just trying to to, uh, to to play the cool guy. But it's all right. She's all right. Have you seen Kramer versus Kramer? 
fun fact, I actually stopped seeing a girl. I think it was 2006. I remember the year because she said, you have to go with me to watch The Devil Wears Prada. Now, did you stop seeing her because you were offended because you'd already seen it and you couldn't believe that she hadn't yet? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't double dip. So there you go. (laughs) It's a waste of money. I've got to be fiscally conservative. Do you know what Cody is? Of course I do. I've got it. Oh, there. do a search. Wait, no, I don't. No, I don't. I watch everything illegally. It's not illegal. It's not illegal. It's an app you can download. It's not illegal. I think it's still technically piracy. Ah. Ah. You know, people have pirated this show, a free show. Really? There are people who will go download our members-only shows before they, they are released to non-members and they will put them on like torrent sites. Why? Because fuck the establishment. Jim <laughs> I, guess, I guess. I guess. <laughs> it's like I, I they're sticking. Yeah, you are the man, and they are sticking it to yes, you. Yes, I, I am very clearly all about the establishment. Look at me. Isn't it obvious? How dare you make us register for a free yeah. account? <laughs> that's pretty awesome. I'm. I actually. I'm a little bit. Uh, I, that's a compliment to me. A little bit. The people. That's a little flattering. It is. I love it. You know, back in the day when I had my website, do you remember GeoCities? Of course. Back in the day when I had my website, somebody created a GeoCities site called I Hate Jimmy Van. Ooh. And they put up stock photos of like kids getting bullied in school, and they would write underneath them taglines like "Here's Jimmy in the seventh grade getting bullied again" kind of thing. I clearly they did it thinking I was going to get all upset. I loved it. I loved it. And I, I, was, I was hitting the guy up saying, can I please interview you for my site? Because I thought it was awesome. Oh, so, that's great. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons why Twitter finally verified me was because trolls had made several fake Sean Ross Sapp accounts. So the trolls helped me get verified. Hey, that ain't bad. People have a lot of time Anything- on their hands, man. Clearly, oh, yeah. Clearly. Oh, yeah. I you I used when I was a young person, I would embrace that negativity and really, uh, and I hate. I, I now I'm just like, how do you have the time, people? Yeah. How do you do it? I don't get offended by it at all. I, I I find it funny, and and the fact that people would put the time and effort into something like that, you got to feel a little bit flattered by it. You have to. Yeah. Anything to tell the people before we go. So uh, as you guys know, we're doing, uh, as Jeff called it, a brand extension. Uh, We're going to be creating FightfulWrestling.com, FightfulMMA.com. We're doing that because, again, not everybody is a crossover fan. Fightful is going to remain covering all genres. We've been going through some tech issues the last couple of days because doing this, the separation has created a little bit of of issues on the back end. So uh, be patient with us. I expect it's all going to be done inside of a week. And then – and then that's it, man. You and I will keep doing this thing on Wednesdays for a while. Joe is spinning off to do his MMA podcast. And uh, we'll see how things go. Yeah, guys, uh, some of our MMA features aren't showing up. Just go to MMA Home. Check them out there. We've got tons of MMA coverage. Features from Showdown Joe, Constantine Eckner. Lots of cool stuff coming your way. We also have, I believe, a boxing feature from Gabe Oppenheim tomorrow. And Carlos Toro. He's got a January preview coming out. He will actually be at the Barclays Center uh, covering an event soon. Very excited to see what all he has for us there. Follow us at Fightful Wrestle, Fightful MMA, Fightful MMA, or Fightful Online, 
The top two are coming soon. We're still Twitter eggs right now, but I assure you, those are the real accounts. They are coming, my friends. That's where you're going to find the MMA live tweets, the pro wrestling live tweets. Lots of fun stuff. Fightful.com. Visit the site. Don't make him fire me and hire me at <laughs> Tim Hortons on air, guys. Oh, my future. I almost, I almost want to fire you for a weekend just to see you in the gear, in the Tim Hortons gear. Oh. Oh. I think that hat, because they do like a hat with the, little, uh, with the little thing on it, the visor. I think that would look tremendous on you. I feel like if you fired me, I'd probably just take the weekend off. <laughs> uh, don't you have no worries about anything? We are chugging along. Things are going to be fine. We are in build the building phase, as you know. So uh, stay tuned. I may need a raise because I don't know how many more of these I can afford. Those aren't good for you, man. These are zero calorie. Uh, look at all the stuff. Look at the ingredients in that. That stuff is not good for you. Lemon pulp is fantastic for you. <laughs> and that's all that's in it. That's all that's I say in lemon it. pulp because I can't pronounce anything else that's in it. That's right. Guys, Showdown Joe will be here with Sean Pearson, UFC fighter, tomorrow night. I will be here with Matt Riddle tomorrow afternoon. I, the Shane Helms show, we'll figure something out. Uh, Shane is in the middle of a grueling TNA taping schedule right now. Um, Jimmy Van, I wanted to hit you with a stat before we leave. Maybe I'll do this each week. Fightful.com podcast co-hosts in the UFC and the Ultimate Fighter are 13-1 and one since 2012. I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. I've heard you say it twice. No, 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 no. I'm just saying we don't hire any washed-up people here. Ah, ah. Well, you know what? Elias is fighting next month in Halifax. He says he's still going to do the show that week. Yes, he does because he's, he's – I've become a, a big fan of his in a very short period of time because uh, right. I, I, I wasn't familiar with who he was. He uh, – He's going to be a good pickup for us. So if he wins, then we're going to be, what did you say we are in total? 13 and one, you said? Yeah. So that means that if he wins 14 and one, there you go. Hey, you talked about the Matt Riddle thing. You know, Sean Pearson beat Matt Riddle once, right? Uh, I'm the one that told you that. So yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, did. you did. And it's, I, I don't know if we're putting that up on Sean's little, you know, the little blurb on the site. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you, have you talked to Matt? Because I would love for you to tell him that his first UFC loss is now joining us for a weekly podcast. You know I'm going to bring it up. Oh, you have to. You have to. But you know, also, guys, go check out Matt's reaction to Camp WWE on our YouTube. Phenomenal. That's it, guys. Till next week. You joining me every Wednesday, Jimmy? Every Wednesday, uh, so long as my schedule permits. Yeah. Awesome. Guys, we're out.